is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus. All right, so tonight what we're going to be talking about is going to be called uh, Jezebel Reaches the Throne. Jezebel Reaches the Throne. Now, why do I want to go here is because what we're seeing today is what we've seen for some time is that there has become a hostile takeover in God's kingdom. You see it everywhere. I mean, even in the political realm, even in the education system, you're just seeing this spirit of Jezebel just come in and just take over and bully their way in. And I'm even finding, even in the workplace, some men are scared of this spirit. I mean, it's just like they don't want to engage it or deal with it. But, you know, someone's going to have to stand up to it because we're going to find out how deadly the Jezebel spirit is and what its true intent is. And it's been known, like um, a lot of people, writers have said about it that have dealt with it. They're saying that this spirit is actually more dangerous than any other demon that Satan can bring forward because this demon can, um, what do you call it, uh, term, manifest in different ways. Like it can um, metamorphosize. It's not just a single spirit that you can just pinpoint and target. And if someone really wanted to be free of the Jezebel spirit, you've got to actually, I mean, do some serious searching within yourself to know what things are not of God. I'll give you an example. Jezebel's spirit will buck up on you and yell and scream and try and get control over you. But if you buck back, the Jezebel spirit will now say, okay, well, now I need to cry, you know? And then I wanna be more supportive just to find more of a way of manipulation to get the original agenda. So, I mean, this thing can metamorphosize to so many different types of ways that you almost, can't deal with it unless the person is really willing to repent. A Jezebel spirit is not even allowed, I've seen in many cases, to get it right in the church, be delivered from it, and allowed to remain. Every Jezebel spirit I've ever seen dealt with has to be cast out. If it's not cast out by the person, then that person has to be removed from the church because they're that deadly. It's something like a sociopath. You guys ever seen like a sociopath will tell lies and do things to manipulate to get his way, but he's never really sorry. He's sorry he got caught. He's sorry that, you know, you know, that you, you know, did something to him. He's always the victim. And it's like someone that really wanted to be free of the Jezebel spirit. They're going to really have to seek true deliverance. I mean, and this thing is just so subtle. I remember, um, telling one of my friends about like Sarah when she had it when I met her Sarah you know got delivered because Sarah really wanted out once she saw how ugly this thing was and how when she was in the military she was more like you know um you know how you were like G.I. Jane she walked around strutting and telling people and you know like doing all sorts of things but when the Lord showed her what was in her Man, she wanted to be nothing like it. She grew her hair out, like everything changed. And I'm not saying Jezebel spirits can't have long hair or short hair, but 
It's just she knew that what she was like wasn't like God. She saw the resistance. She saw the rebellion that's in there. And tonight we're going to learn a lot about this spirit. We're going to learn how it can't be tolerated. It needs to be dealt with. I mean, Jezebel has got to be plucked up by the roots. And we're going to see in the Bible with even people that have dealt with this spirit, it needs to be plucked up by the roots. Jezebel is a deadly spirit. It's a manipulative spirit. It's running really all over Congress. What's making Hillary want to run for president? Jezebel. You know, even Michael or Michelle Obama, whichever name you want to use, what's causing that to go around? Jezebel. What's causing transvestitism and people walking around and men wanting to be like women? It's Jezebel. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. So let's get into prayer because we got a lot to cover tonight and then we'll get right into this lesson. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for this day, another day not promised to us. And we come before you, Lord, with bowed heads and contrite hearts and spirits, Lord, that we just thank you, Lord, for your grace, how you have allowed it to be bestowed upon us, that we may grow and learn of you day by day. And I pray, Lord, tonight that no man's heart be heard. Lord, I pray that no flesh be glorified. But Lord, if we're going to come to terms with this spirit, I pray in Jesus' name, that all distractions that may come about will cease. But Lord, this has been from the very beginning. This has been the enemy of God. Satan has always had agents, Lord, that he would use. And I just pray in Jesus' name for the time's sake, Lord, that you hold that resistance back. And I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name that you bind every foul spirit, every demonic spirit, every spirit of error, every spirit of contention or confusion, every spirit of jealousy, malice, and hatred, and all spirits of fear, doubt, and unbelief, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you bind the devil, that you hold him at bay, every Jezebel spirit, every Ahab spirit. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray that you open these people's eyes, Lord, their ears and their hearts, that they may receive your gospel, that they may receive you and your life, Lord, and not death. And we just pray, Lord, and we ask you to bless those who couldn't be here today. I pray that anyone that hears this message that is battling with that spirit in Jesus' name, I pray that you bind the devil, Lord, set the captives free. I pray, Lord, that you open those prison houses, Lord. I pray that they hear you, that they may have life and not death. So let all these things be done, Lord Jesus, for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so tonight again, what we're going to be talking about is Jezebel reaches the throne. I personally believe that Jezebel is the reason behind abortion. Jezebel is the reason behind a lot of broken marriages. Jezebel is the reason behind whoredom. Jezebel is the reason behind, you know, just about everything you can think of, including homosexuality. I think that she plays a major role in this because, after all, it was a Jezebel that was used okay, to flip God's world upside down. Now, am I blaming Eve for everything that went on? No, I'm blaming Jezebel. I'm blaming, even before Jezebel was, there was Eve. The Jezebel spirit is really the Eve spirit. It just over time grew and became more of what it is. But the Eve spirit was, if you go to Genesis 3, it tells you that it wasn't just so much that Adam ate the fruit. That was part of it. But the Lord made clear, because you have hearkened unto the voice of your wife and not obeyed me, 
that the ground was cursed, that all these things would happen. Because, you know, I even can relate this to, let's just say when Jesus was in the, um, in the wilderness being tempted of the devil. If Jesus would have submitted one bit of authority over to Satan, if he bit that piece of bread ahead of time or did whatever, then Satan would have become Jesus as God because he allowed Satan to manipulate him into obeying him and not the father. And that's one thing we got to realize in this life. We only got one God. If we're not obeying him, we're obeying another God. It's just that simple. Even if you say you are your own God, you're still obeying another God aside from your patriarchal, you know, God that tells you what you need to do. So tonight what we're talking about when Jezebel reaches the throne is this world is becoming completely matriarchal. I mean, everywhere I go, I'm seeing it. You look at men's clothing. I mean, you look at just the whole Captain Marvel thing, you know, where um, Ms. Marvel is now Captain Marvel, which is a woman. You look at Wonder Woman, they say she was as strong as Superman. Since when? I've been reading comics as a kid. I don't remember Wonder Woman being Superman's equal. And, you know, these are all cartoons. But the point I'm making is they're trying to tell you something. They're trying to tell you that a woman is just as physically strong and she's just as dominant. It doesn't matter how God set up his order. We can have it the way that we want to have it. And this brainwashing is really just spewing forth in so many different areas. Even so that the devil has manipulated women into telling them that to have your women's rights and your liberation, you've got to kill the unborn. And like I said, pretty soon, it's going to be the woman's going to have the child and to prove her womanhood, they're going to give her a knife, but she'll probably pull one out of her purse and she'll make the sacrifice as soon as the baby is born. That's where we're headed. You see, in the beginning, when there were embryos that were, um, you know, in the womb, people say, oh, well, they're not really alive and they're not real. And OK, so how do they grow? You see, but when the devil was able to sell people on that and to get people to say, OK, well, maybe that's the way it's supposed to be. Maybe it's not a lot. Then the devil convinced them to five months and now it's nine. What you're going to see next is the sacrifice to Moloch that was going on in the Bible when the babies were born and they were put on the white hot hands. Why is this being done? Because Jezebel is trying to gain control and she is so sick with control and with power that she will kill her own child just to make the point that I can do something separate from patriarchal authority. Yes, Sarah. I saw a thing today, not too long ago, Maybe an hour ago, where it says now they're trying to call the baby a parasite. Yeah. So the woman holding the sign saying the parasite has got no parasite is not alive. Yeah. Yeah. I think even Anna or um, I think it was you or Anna. Somebody said that the women um, in was it Alabama? They got a law now that you can't. You can't. Um, you cannot do abortion no matter what, even if you've been raped. Yeah. There is completely no actual action protesting and crying that they cannot do abortion because they really want to abort their child. That's in Arkansas. You see that? And I mean, and you know, I'm not I'm not ever for rape, but I do understand that the reason why they're making it that severe 
is because God knows that most women do not become pregnant from getting raped. Okay, that's usually from sexual immorality, living your own way outside of the Lord, you know? So, but you see with that, these women are crying and angry and they're gonna abandon town and we should never come back here again. But look at the bloodletting just for power outside of patriarchal authority. So tonight we're gonna talk about Jezebel. We're gonna talk about her viciousness. We're gonna talk about how to keep her out of you and I and how to spot it um, most of all and what her agenda is. I believe Pastor Price when he said that unless the women of God understand what the Jezebel spirit is, that the men of God in ministry and churches will be fighting a two front war because there'll be one going against the Jezebel spirit, but their wife, husband, or kids may actually, I mean, their wife or kids or sister may actually like the Jezebel spirit. She got to them. So now they're fighting against a man on a two front war. So he believes that the women of God should be trained up and should know this. So that way, when they see women talking negative about men or, you know, men are no good, there should be some women that will actually say there are good men out there. You know, that this is how it needs to be. Don't hate the men. All, all those men need is Jesus to get it right. You know, and it would be the same thing if men talk bad about women in many ways, because we ought to have an order in God. So I agree with Pastor Price and what he said, and we're going to hear a clip of him today. But um, I do want to get through a few things. But he believed that the world's been matronized. And I can see this, too, not just through what he said, through my own eyes and looking at scripture and seeing things as they are. So let's get started in 1 Kings 16. Let's look at verse 30. Yeah. But man, it's a deadly, deadly spirit. And they believe that when things get too rough for the devil, he sends in his agent Jezebel to take care of things for him. And she does. Yeah. So, um, if you guys ever listened to John Ramirez, what he said when he was going to hell uh, before he met Jesus, uh, it was he was going on a train to the hell. There was a Jezebel spirit, and she was seducing all the people. He's like, he, I can see all the people who's going to hell, but you can't see their faces. Mm -hmm. And so she was seducing them, and she was making fun of him too at the same time while he was heading to the hell. It's mm -hmm. like people don't know they're going to hell. But mm -hmm. she was making them kind of, you know, mm -hmm. play with them and stuff like that. So they won't think that they go to hell. But in reality, the train goes straight to hell. And that's where they end up. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. But it's because the spirit of Jezebel was there. That's why I'm so glad that I remember the first attack that we had as a ministry with the Jezebel spirit was the day that we did the teaching on it. We had no idea that that was coming. But what was interesting is as the enemy was trying to use people to cause discord or to try and say, oh, are you trying to say women don't have rights and all this and that? The women that were already here knew about the Jezebel spirit. So, you know, I, I agreed that the attack went nowhere. It almost like hit a wall and just gave up because they couldn't find women on their side to say, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know what? He's got a point. Why do you always look down on women? It's not even about that. But you see, the enemy will try this and use people to do it. But you've got to be able to know your enemy. No, I don't hate anybody. It's just more about telling the truth and identifying what was there. So anyway, this is uh, 1 Kings uh, chapter 16. Look at verse 30. 
It says, and Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. And it came to pass, if it had been uh, a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took a wife, Jezebel, the daughter of Ephel, of the Zidonians, and went and served Baal and worshiped him. So what we understand here is that Jezebel, the name Jezebel means unmarried or married to Baal. You can take either one of those. She's either married to Baal or she's unmarried. And her father, Ethbel, means servant of Baal. So this is what he married into because of the fact that, you know, I guess he loved her. I believe Jezebel was probably very, very beautiful. Usually if you're an ugly whore, you don't get a lot of attention, you know, or whatever. But I imagine she was beautiful, very seductive, very smart. And, and in doing so, when he joined himself to her, she led them to Baal. One thing I'm, I'm recognizing about the devil and his attacks, even in false religion, the devil will always get the Christian to compromise, but the devil won't compromise a thing. I always realize that you look in any false religion, they'll tell you to compromise with them. But when you look at the history and how they got started, they don't compromise anything. I'll give you an example of this, the Catholic church. What's running the Catholic church? The Jezebel spirit. How do I know this? Because they are so quick to point Mary above Jesus, okay, that, you know, I mean, you would have to be blind to not know that that's not in the Bible. There's no such thing as a pope. There's no such thing as you praying to Mary so she can go to Jesus for you. But you see, when the Jezebel spirit is in play, it's going to matronize the whole atmosphere. Now, some people will say, well, there's lots of priests and everything, and the nuns are a subject to them. Yeah, but why do you have sodomy and homosexuality going on in there from their hierarchy? Because they're even turning the masculine men effeminate. So it's run by that. But when you look at the fact that Christians merge with the Catholics, okay, with the Roman Empire to form their own, their new religion, the Christians compromised everything. Catholics didn't compromise a thing. It's still the Roman Empire. They call it Mary, but that's not Mary. That's Semiramis. You know, they call him Peter, St. Peter, but that's Zeus. Zeus is another name for Baal or Nimrod. The Pope walks around with his mitre representing Dagon, who was supposed to be the father of Baal. So they're all walking around with the Baal, uh, what do you call it? The sickle moon and star on the wafer and all these things, but they didn't change a thing. But the Christians themselves, we had to change our values to, I mean, almost blaspheme in order for a religion to be formed. So, you know, the devil, I realize he won't give up a thing. Notice Ahab is king. Jezebel married into them and they worshiped Baal. You see, there was no worship of the Lord. He didn't even share the Lord with Jezebel. Jezebel ran the show from day one and got him to worship Baal. Okay, so anyway, look at verse uh, 32. And he reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. And Ahab made a grove. And Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. Now, what is the grove? The grove itself is where they would have naked statues or bodies of women hanging on poles that they would worship, okay? 
This is the type of worship that goes on in strip clubs where you've got women up there, you know, and men down below worshiping the female form. This is all a part of the spirit of Jezebel. I know those women will take the money and half of them don't even like men, you know? But the thing is, is that, you know, this is how you can get men to worship the form. Now I'm bringing this up because Jezebel has two great weapons that go with her. One of them is whoredom and the other is um, she's a witch. She works in witchcraft. Pastor Price said, you show me any whore, I'll show you a witch. He said, you show me a witch, I'll show you any whore. Is there truth to this? Absolutely. Why do you think a lot of women will wear their tight clothes and stomp around in their heels to get men's attention, you know, to lure and to seduce? That's a form of manipulation. Even with their marriages, I've heard when the man, you know, didn't do certain things that the woman wanted, she'll tell him, man, you need to go to the couch. The shop is closed tonight until you get it together. But you see, a lot of men will get weak and just say, you know what? All right, fine. I'll do what you want. That's a form of whoredom and witchcraft, okay? To manipulate with your body. That's why God wants his men to be strong, huh? Men being in the doghouse, that's what they're referring to. Absolutely. Sleeping on the couch. That's right, because you're joined. You belong together. But a lot of the times you'll find manipulation. Sometimes it's the man that won't want to be with his wife, you know, for whatever reasons. but. That is a form of witchcraft. Hey, if you guys are married, you know, work it out. That's what you guys do. But uh, fasting, you separate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Some people, man, you'll never see your wife or husband again. So let's go to um, Second Kings nine. Let's look at verse twenty-two about Jezebel. This was her demise. You remember even when uh, she took Naboth's vineyard, you know, because the man uh, wanted it and he told her he couldn't sell it. But, you know, he told Ahab, Ahab went home and pouted. Like we talked about that Ahab spirit to get Jezebel to say, I'll get it for you. And, you know, she did. What did she do? She didn't just go and take the, the vineyard from Naboth. She wrote letters in Ahab's name and forged the king's signature. So you see, she is a manipulator. She is a witch. She did use her power in many ways to get what she wanted. So this is what we got to look out for. So this is uh, 2 Kings 9. Let's look at verse 22. It says, and it came to pass when Joram saw Jehu that he said, is it peace, Jehu? And he answered, what peace? So long as the, uh, the whoredoms of thy mother Jezebel and her witchcrafts are so many. So that tells you right there, Jezebel is a witch and Jezebel is also a whore. This is how she operates and does what she does. The thing about Jehu is, Jehu's name means, oh Jehu's name means Jehovah is he. So Jehu is a type of Jesus Christ. After all, even with what went on with Elijah running away from Jezebel, and getting stronger, it wasn't Elijah that took out Jezebel, it was Jehu, okay? So we gotta keep that in mind because the Lord is gonna come to do the same thing in the future when it comes back to having matriarchy. And that's one of the um, dangerous things about Jezebel is that 
Our God is a patriarchal father, okay? He's a father. Jesus Christ is our Lord. If you hate men, you hate Jesus. If you hate men, you hate, you know, God the Father's uh, leadership or God the Father's um, authority. So what you find in many cases with people that won't accept Jesus Christ, half the time you'll find an effeminate spirit or you'll find a spirit that, you know, I've been abused by men, so I don't want to deal with this. And you see that makes enemies in God's kingdom. Yes, sir. Yeah, bro. A lot of women, even in church, uh, will be like the head of the house. It's mm-hmm. kind of the normal mm-hmm. culture. But it's just kind of how they ruin children with having relationships with the father in heaven mm-hmm. because they, they expect that it's like, like their household was matriarchal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it scared me. I'm so glad Sam brought that up because that's what you find on TV. This is also how the Jezebel spirit works. You'll find the woman is the brilliant homemaker. And the man is the buffoon on any TV show. He's the dork who can't get it right. So because of that, the kids go to the mother. None of this is by accident. You know, this is all programming to show you men are idiots and the women are the ones that are supposed to have. Like when they say the woman is the homemaker, I do believe that women in many ways are are more organized than men. When it comes to dealing with the home, multitasking, I believe those things to be true, or even when it comes to taking care of things, because why? You know, they said a woman thinks about her nest and her family even before she even has a child. She'll even pick a man that can take care of a family, you know, because of she's already planning out and thinking of the future. But one of the problems I see too is women giving, uh, men giving their wives their finances. Some men are lazy, they don't want to deal with it. So the wife pays all the bills and you know what, after a while, he won't know how to pay bills. He won't know how to to situate things because he left all things up to her. So she's gonna take care of whatever needs to be done. And that again, takes something from him. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but you gotta understand that the man should be just as capable of helping out around the house. He should be just as capable of having authority even over certain things. What you're finding today is, even women make more money than men in many cases. And that's not by accident either. So verse 23 says, um, and Joram turned his hands and fled and said to Ahaziah, there is treachery, O Ahaziah. And Jehu drew a bow with his uh, full strength and smote Jehoram between his arms and the arrow went out uh, at his heart and he sunk down in the chariot. Then said Jehu to Bidkar, his captain, take up and cast him in the portion of the field of Naboth of the Jezreelite. For remember how that when I had thou uh, rode together after Ahab, his father, uh, the Lord laid this burden upon him. Surely I have seen yesterday and blood of Naboth and the blood of his son, saith the Lord, and I will, and I will requite thee uh, in this plat, saith the Lord. Now, therefore, take and cast him into the plat of ground, according to the word of the Lord. One thing you'll find about Jehu is this was done in the valley of Megiddo. This is kind of like symbolic for a coming back of Jesus Christ, how he's going to clean up and do everything he is. Our Lord, upon his return, will be uncompromising. It's either going to be how he said it is, well, he's going to wipe the floor with it. Verse 27, 
But when Agaziah, the king of Judah saw this, he fled by the way of the garden house and Jehu followed after him and said, smite him also in the chariot. And they did so at the going up of Gur, which is in Ablium. Ablium. And um, he fled to Megiddo and died there. And his servants carried him in the chariot to Jerusalem and buried him in the sepulcher with his fathers in the city of David. And in the 11th year of Joram, the son of Ahab began Ahaziah to reign over Judah. And when Jehu was come to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it and she painted her face and tired her head uh, and looked out the window. So Jezebel knew that Jehu was coming and her last resort was to make up her face, tie her head. I don't know what that means. Maybe she wrapped her head, put her hair up, and she looked out the window to try and, you know, seduce Jehu and make him think, man, you know, she's beautiful. Do I really want to, you know, go against her? But you can see the manipulation here. And he, and as Jehu entered in at the gate, he said, had Zimri peace who slew his master? And he lifted up his face to the window and said, who is on my side? Who? And there looked out to him two or three units. And he said, throw her down. So they threw her down and some of her blood was sprinkled on the wall and on the horses and he trod her underfoot. This is what Jesus promises to do to wickedness in the world. Remember when the Bible talks about in Revelation 16 about the wine press or Revelation 14, where he's gonna trample them like grapes. So this is what Jehu was doing. And when he was uh, come in, he did eat and drink and said, go see now this cursed woman and bury her, for she is a king's daughter. But the funny thing about Jezebel is this, or these eunuchs, eunuchs don't have any desire for sexual needs for a woman. So their loyalty was to Jehu and they had no problem throwing her down. This is a message for the men, you know, in the last days when Jezebel wants to run the world. You've got to be not a physical eunuch, but you've got to be one spiritually where you are committed to Christ and you're not gonna be ruled by your emotions. Because you see, when the Jezebel spirit is thinking they're ruling over you, they won't have any control over you because your Lord is Christ. So we've got to get in that place of getting full. And men have got to know, man, hey, it's not all about what you can get from a woman. You've got to obey God. Because you see, this is how Jezebel brings many men down. If she can't boss over you, her next move is to seduce you. And the reason she'll do this is because most men will take the bait. So anyway, uh, look at verse uh, 35. And they went to bury her, but they found no more of her than the skull and the feet and the palms of her hands. This is so telling because the dogs ate her, but we talked about in times past, the skull was there. That means that this spirit is still walking around and thinking the hands are there. Jezebel's spirit is still working and the feet are there. She's still walking around. So the Jezebel spirit didn't go anywhere. All it did was just continue and find someone else to deal with. But this is Satan's deadliest spirit of all, because like I said, she can switch up. She can get things done. So the Jezebel spirit, you know, is not Jezebel herself. She's gone away. 
But I think this spirit was always around, even from the beginning of Adam and Eve. The devil saw Eve and he saw a way in because what uh, Pastor Price was saying, and I agree, he thinks that the reason he went to Eve is one, she didn't have the dominion, and two, because Satan fell from patriarchy, she was most like him. You see what I'm saying? The opposite of patriarchy is matriarchal. Now, am I saying women are the devil? No. The point I'm making is he couldn't really deal with patriarchy, so he tried to find a manipulating way. He used Eve to get to Adam. And you see, the devil is still doing that today. He'll use men to get to women too. But what I'm saying is women are not as drawn to lust as men are. Even if a woman is lustful, in many cases, you'll find a lot of women won't be the type that will just let on that she's, you know, thirsty and wants someone. But a man, it's almost like the woman don't even have to be that good looking. And the man will follow her around thinking what he can get. So this is also a fall of man. These are areas that men are weak. And we've got to become spiritual units if we want to serve the Lord. We've got to give it all over to Christ. So I'm going to play a clip of Pastor Price, and then we're going to get right into this lesson. But I just wanted to make the point of who Jezebel is. And you're going to see, even in chapter 11, when we get there, how Jezebel, that spirit, didn't just go with her. It moved on, okay? A lot of men can't serve God because Jezebel's their God. A lot of women can't serve the Lord because Ahab is their God. We've got to get in line with the Lord. Is that what pastors are recommended to be? I think so. I think that is a good thing because Derek Prince said, man, Sam is hitting on some things tonight because Derek Prince just said that he will never counsel a woman alone. He doesn't believe in it. He said, because for all you know, she may tear all her clothes off. And he said, when someone walks in the room, who's going to explain why Brother Prince is in a room with a naked woman? You know, so he believes that's right. Absolutely. So, you know, he believes that this spirit can work in that way where, hey, I need some backup. I need somebody else in this just in case. Because when it comes to seduction, you don't really know how you're going to act or react. You say what you won't do. But there are areas where you just might, considering not being aware of the attack. Someone going to say no, something? Oh. Say, that's a good point. Potiphar's wife also had the spirit of Jezebel. Mm-hmm. She wanted uh, Joseph, and when she couldn't get him, what'd she do? Mm-hmm. Those are great points. He's absolutely right, because Joseph left all his clothes there. He ran away. Like, hey, I'm fleeing lust. I'm getting out of there. because he. Exactly. You know, but you see, Joseph's heart was on the Lord. So she couldn't have a way in. He thought about how it was going to hurt the Lord. Now, whether or not he could get away with it and nobody would know, you know, that's why you got to have Christ as your head. All right. So let's hear this clip of Pastor Price. You know, we're going to hear some stuff, but this is good. All right. This is called the Day of the Desolator. If anyone wants to check it out, we're just going to hear a clip. And you're not afraid to say anything anywhere to anybody because you're no longer respected a person just like God. And you'll pipe up and say anything to anybody having no care for your life. Because you're not in the people. You don't respect people anymore like that. You're no respect to a person. You're not in awe of anybody that walks in the room. That's Oprah. I don't care. Oprah needs me. I don't need her. She's the lost soul, not me. <laughs> what in the world are you in awe of her for? 
Beyonce, Beyonce need to be saved by me. I need, to, she needs to see me. I don't need to see her. You paying to see somebody that's lost, damned to hell, that needs a savior, and you got everything flowing their way? All those Kardashian girls need a savior. They need you. You don't need them. You got to shift this thing in your mind. The Bible says when they went into the promised land, they sent in those spies. What does spies say? Because we're like ants in our own eyes. Therefore, we're ants to the giants. How you see yourself is very significant in this. You got to know who you are in Christ and it makes you as bold as a lion. You don't need them. If they're lost, they need you. You got to reverse the thinking processes in your mind where the devil has worked to make you into nothing and nobody. So you see now it begins. Cain, Nimrod, female goddess worship with Samarimus being the image of a female goddess. Now with that is the root problem, you understand, you understand the devil's schematic. When the devil accosted Eve, he came into the world through female form. Why? Because the devil is a feminine spirit. He's not masculine. He fell from his masculine prototype as Lucifer into a feminine prototype of being Satan and the devil. A usurper, a liar, an accuser. He's like a like a, a winding serpent now. He can't come straight at you because you don't have the characteristics of a masculine man. He's not a man. He's not a woman. He's a spirit. But he had masculine character just like every other angel. You don't see an angel named Gabriella, Michelle. They carry masculine character because they're authoritative. But when Satan fell, he fell into feminine character. So his first choice to use in order to get access into any realm will be what? A woman. Because he identifies with female character. So he came not to Eve. He came through Eve. He, the target was Adam. But he came through Eve because he had to get the one that was what? Responsible and authoritative. So he had to turn Eve on Adam. That's what we've been warned against ever since. In church, that's World War III. The fact that the church is governed by masculine authority, men. That's the foundation of it. And the women join with the men to stand against the devil to have dominion. If the women fight the men, you have just joined Satan in an insurrection. You're satanic now. Now you're a feminist. Now you don't need no man to tell you nothing because, hey, look, God uses a man just like he uses a woman. And the future is female. You're going to be in a futuristic female hell is where you're going to be. The head of Christ is God. The head of the man is Christ. The head of the woman is the man. And under that scenario, the children are in obedience. In Satan's economy, the head of the Antichrist is Satan. The head of the woman is the Antichrist. And the head of the man is the woman. And you get the children in rebellion. That's what this principle faces every day. What, is he, what does she face? A matronized kid. They got no male authority in their life. So it's used to what? Mama petting him up, petting her up, and getting what she wants because no authority said no. And get your behind over here and sit it down and shut up before before I have to do something with you. 
I ain't wearing that leather belt for nothing. <laughs> See, that's all gone. So now all authority figures, principals, police, judges, anybody in authority has to fight with these renegades and rebels who have not been patronized, who have not had patriarchy over them to make them obedient to authority. That's what you're picking up a spirit. The kid that's fighting her is demon possessed by a matronized system that has governed that kid. I'm telling you what I know, not what I think I know. I know what I'm talking about. God is a father of spirits. He says, submit yourself to the father of spirits and live. The devil came out from under the father of spirits and became the king of the matronized people. The devil is feminine. You don't understand that about the devil. You don't understand what insurrection is all about. Insurrection is turning on patriarchy. Insurrection, insurrection rises up against men who are authoritative based on their servanthood. If you want to be great in the kingdom of heaven, become a servant of all. It's not rising up over people. It's washing everybody's feet that makes you great. You don't lead by dominating people. You lead by servitude to people. You serve them. But guess what? You cannot come to God if you disallow God's people that he sent to serve you. It's like going to a restaurant and trying to eat, but you disallow the waiter. I got the food from the kitchen. You can't go get it. You've got to allow what? You've got to allow the waiter to serve you. That's where people miss it. They see this as domination. You see, this is what happens to people when they come into an environment like this. You know what's wrong with them? They're looking for what they were taught in the world, which is pseudo-love. You know what they want to do? They want to feel love. I ain't going to make you feel love because love ain't a feeling. You want Luther Vandross. You want Teddy Pendergrass and Pat LaBelle. You want side day. So you've been wooed by that love feeling. You can't see that no good bomb that told you he loved you and made you feel something, left you high and dry. Because you thought love was a feeling. See, that's how the devil tricks everybody. You know what love is? Love is the uncompromised truth of God spoken to you under the authority of God for you to obey it. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. He don't say nothing about your feelings. But when you come into an environment like this looking to feel love, you're going to feel like I do you wrong. And the folks that I've talked over the years are treating you funny because you're trying to feel love from them. They're not going to cow down to your feelings. You've got to come up. You've got to grow up. You've got to mature. You've got to be ready to stand in a world that hates you that's preparing you and that's loving you enough for you to have enough intestinal fortitude to endure the storm coming our way. I ain't going to make you feel nothing. You change. You get ready for war. You take this engrafted word that's able to save your soul. That's what gets them mad. I got guys that come here and get mad at me because I don't make them feel like they love. This ain't the G unit, buddy. This ain't the cash money crew. 
This ain't a band of little booty boys wanna run around and have dogs they run with, my homeboys and my buddies. This ain't the blood in the crypts. That's all the booty boy nation. You got to man up. You got to stand up on your own right and be a man. You got to be a husband. You got to be a father. You got to be able to take the reins. If I'm dead, if Tim is dead, somebody step up and represent God. Yeah. This ain't no one man show. Right. Everybody else dead. Then Deborah got to do it. Oh, yes. You got to have steel in her because she might have to take the reins. That's how it goes, man. This is a war and we're in it to win it. Get that feeling stuff off of you and then let God inspire your feelings and you'll love and feel normal feelings about things. If you're fleshly love and feelings, you're already doomed. If she's looking to get married based on somebody making her feel like she loves, she's going to be deceived. You better evaluate that man based on his character. Does he have a prayer life? Do you study your word? Do you know the Lord? Do you have the Holy Ghost? Are you walking in the spirit not fulfilling the lust of your flesh? Have you been delivered from lust in every inordinate affection? That's what I'm evaluating. Forget how I feel. <laughs> you better look at this thing, man, straight. There's a lot of these female ministers trying to minister to your feelings. It's a delusion trying to get you women to feel stuff. Emotion-based stuff. Come with the women because men don't understand women. God don't respect persons. He don't need a woman to talk to you. He can talk to you through anybody, even an ass. I'm at least, I'm at least equal to an ass. The ass forbade the madness of the prophet. Here you are trying to think women can understand women. You're in a delusion. And you know what you have to lose? That lesbian spirit you got that want to submit to a woman. That's why you go to a woman ministry because you got a lesbian spirit in you and you feel comfortable around your mama that raised you. That's what did it. You've been matronized. That's why you go and buy Michelle Obama's book and run behind Hillary and you think Whoopi Goldberg is authoritative. Whoopi Goldberg? <laughs> and then they tell you it's feminine femininity, a feminization of society. No, you've been tricked to be a lesbian. Don't know one woman to be up, want to be up under a woman like that. Don't no woman want to be around no woman all the time. Me and my girls. Now they call us me and my bees, referring to themselves as female dogs. What kind of woman want to be up under a woman all the time? Cruising with my girls. Going to Vegas with my girls. Going to Dubai with my girls. Going out to dinner with my girls. Yeah. Do you know a man? Have you ever met a man? <laughs> you ever thought about a man? That's a lesbian spirit. There's something wrong with you. Just like no guy. I don't want to be under no, under no guy all the time. Me and my dogs, me and my homeboys, me and my homies, me and my buddies, me and my... Hey, look, man, you better find yourself somebody got some soft skin somewhere. <laughs> got some femininity. Oh, man, what you doing? So now they're going to get a feminine guy. And you end up with Bruce Jenner in drag. <laughs> it's a cause and effect thing. I'm going to show you how this thing really plays out now. This is real. So you see now, it started off with Cain. 
it migrated over into Nimrod. Eve was the jump off place that she came and was contaminated by the, 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 the king, Satan, that empowered her with this foreign spirit. And she became a species of another type. She became a, she became a mutated life type. God didn't make that thing. You know how I know he didn't make it? Because he told them, your kind can never enter to my presence again. If it's another kind, what kind is it? They can't come around him anymore. And he had an angel with a flaming sword, a cherubim, blocking access to him. Don't come back in here. Your kind will never enter. All right. So, you know, that's Pastor Price. You know, he always tells the truth. And I mean, you know, guys, we're seeing it. I mean, on every level, wherever we go, no matter what we're doing, you see that the issue here is, is a matriarchal uprising. And, you know, I know that I'll hear from Jezebel spirits, too, that the reason this is going on is because men are not doing what they should be doing. OK, well, who gave you authority to do that? But you see, we all got to get in our place. I do agree that if Adam had never listened to Eve, we wouldn't be in this because he says because Adam hearkened unto her voice, Eve probably would have just, you know, maybe just died off. There's some interesting argument concerning um Adam's rebellion, because uh, I think it was Chuck Missler that said Adam was kind of like Jesus Christ in some way. The very fact that his bride was doomed and he ate of the fruit, too, not condoning what he did, not condoning it was wrong. But the bottom line is he didn't want her to die alone. I don't know what God would have done if Eve would have eaten and Adam would have just went straight to the Lord. It could have been that the Lord would have said, well, we have to find somebody else for you. But the thing is, is when Adam fell, that's when, um, you know, everything changed because he was the one that was given dominion. When dominion went to Eve, you notice it went straight to Satan. It never even got to the woman's hands. And women don't even know today when they rebel on men, they really are, like Pastor Price said, joining Satan's camp. Because what they're doing is they're, they're going outside of divine order. So let's look at 2 Kings chapter 11. Now you remember in um, 1 Kings 18 that Jezebel killed 450 prophets of Baal. And I think I think it was like 900 altogether, but she killed quite a few where uh, Obadiah had to hide some of them in a cave so that Jezebel couldn't get to them. Yeah, some people believe that if Hillary would have been in office, that they were going to start the killing outright. I think Hillary would have just come against the church, come against masculinity in every single way. So, you know, some people believe that Hillary not being elected gave, you know, people time. But I think it was really God. You know, God just allowed whatever to go on for whatever length of time. But now you've got Michael or Michelle Obama. You call her whatever you want to call him. But the thing is, is that's the next one that they're talking about will be president. And I'll tell you what, if you get the image of a transvestite or homosexual, whatever you want to call them, sitting in that White House, as Christians, you can hang it all up. I'm not saying give up, but your rights will be minimized completely because the new image is not even male or female. It's the image of Baphomet that they're showing everybody. So this is where we better get to that place of, and rebellion to God just causes you to become a Baphomet. He makes you sexually immoral. You start to, you know, you go from, as the Bible says in Romans 1, 
from uncleanness unto vile affections, unto a reprobate mind. So you see, God did a wonder with us when he saved us and taught us his truth because the next stage for us, if we would have just stayed in sin, you would have been a homosexual. That's the end result. That's why you get more nasty and deprived and you get involved in sodomy and all these different things because it's pushing you to the brink of you just freaking out. So much so that you're just gonna do whatever. I believe what uh, Pastor Price said is also true about this. Sodomy has no gender. So, you know, you can, you can train a mind to be involved in that. Mouths don't have genders and butts don't have genders. I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, nasty tonight. I'm just trying to make a point. But you see, when you're involved in that sort of thing, you're being trained to go the other way anyway. Soon it's not going to matter because of the appetite that you have picked up. So you see, the longer you stay in sin, the more corrupt and the more deprived and debased you become. Absolutely. You're right, because the beast will multiply against you. So let's look at 2 Kings 11. Let's look at verse 1. This is the, the daughter of Jezebel and Ahab. And when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, uh, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the seed royal. But Jeho uh, Jehoshiba, uh, the daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, uh, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him from among the king's sons, which were slain. And they hid him, even him and his nurse, in the bedchamber of Athaliah, so that uh, he was not slain. And he was with her, hid in the house of the Lord six years, and Athaliah did reign over the land. So the first thing she did when she couldn't get her son, this ought to tell you in many cases who's behind the throne when you're dealing with things, because when her son Ahaziah, who was king, was killed, she instantly made sure that no male could come up and grab the throne. She killed all of the young seed where one young, young, one young uh, you know, a child that was related to them had to be hid. So this is also what you're seeing today. Why do you think there's a shortage of men? Why do you think all this stuff is going on with femininity everywhere, getting feminized men? This is the spirit of Jezebel that is that Athelia used to kill off the young. That's why the devil is going after so many children. He wants to kill people, but he also wants to get rid of men. He wants to destroy men. And that's what people have got to understand. If the men of God go, there'll be no support for the women. Now, a real woman's heart is patriarchal. She will actually support, you know, the, um, the masculine divine order of God. And, you know, it's funny how when you see homosexuals, they'll try and imitate a woman, but women don't talk like that. You know, all that girl, you know, and all that. I mean, women don't act like that. But that's the demon trying to, you know, compensate for not being a woman. But you see, women don't act that way. But that's just the spirit that's just trying to be accepted in society. And it's just not right. So you see, the Jezebel spirit moved from Jezebel to Athalia. And this is what you're finding today, why there's so many uh, people going for abortion and wanting to kill kids. Jezebel is also a murderer. She's a murderous spirit. Let's go to um, 1 Kings 17. 
we're going to get into the scriptures, but I just want to make a few points. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. A lot of um, men, it's nothing worse than to see a man scared of his wife that he can't be a man and do what God says. You know, it's, it's just really sad to see because everything is just so backwards today that it's just accepted. When women say anything you can do, I can do better. That's not even a woman's heart to want to compete with a man in basketball and beat him. But you see, a lot of lesbianism comes out of women trying to be men. If you notice that in a lot of sports arenas, the women will, you know, play sports and it starts out innocent and then they start to become masculine. And then they start looking at women the way that male athletes look at women. You know, I found out, what was it like last year? We talked about the whole WNBA was um, the majority. I think it was high 90s. Most of those women were lesbians. And, and some of the women came out and said that they were actually being, you know, dominated and bullied and, you know, like women trying to molest them in there and they try and keep it quiet. But you see, this is what's going on in society that women don't want to be women anymore. Most of them want to be men. So let's look at verse seven, um, chapter 17 and verse one. This is also a result of, of Ahab and Jezebel. It says, and Elijah the Tishbite, uh, who was in the inhabitants of Gilead, uh, said unto Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, uh, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, uh, that, it be, that is before Jordan. So understand this is that the Lord told um, Elijah that the showers will be withholding for three years. This is important because if you want to know why a lot of churches today are even spiritually dead, it's because of the Jezebel spirit. It's because the divine order is being chopped up. It's because there's a lot of, of playing behind the scenes. There's even the Ahab spirit. A lot of these men that you think are pastors that are running the church, really their wife is running the church behind the scenes. They'll tell him what he can say and what he shouldn't say. And when you got that, you're going to have the spirit held back. I mean, you know, the rain is always symbolic for a type of spirit. Let's go to Jeremiah three. I wanna make this point, Jeremiah three and one. Absolutely. There's nothing worse than seeing a weak man, man. That's that's the majority of the church right now, too. Mm -hmm. so. That's right, because there's a verse. If you guys can actually find it, because I don't really have time to look for it. There's a verse, and I can't remember which chapter in Kings, but David tells his son Solomon that he's going to leave soon. He's going to die, and he tells him to act like a man. He tells his son, when you grab the throne, act like a man. But as you can see, Solomon didn't do that. Solomon gave into his lust, and that's what he followed after. And in doing so, it brought down Israel. Uh, Jeremiah chapter three. Um, I don't know. That's why I was asking if Sarah or someone could find it and uh, read it. But Jeremiah three, let's look at verse one. And it says, 
They say, if a man put away his wife and she go from him and become another man's, shall he return unto her again? Shall not that land be greatly polluted, but thou hast played the harlot with many lovers, yet a return unto me, or yet return again to me, saith the Lord. So the Lord is looking at Israel here as Israel being rebellious bride, you know, pretty much a whore, because Israel, every time you turn around in the Old Testament, was constantly cheating on God with other gods. Look at verse three. Lift up thine eyes unto the high places and see where thou hast been lying with. In the ways hast thou uh, sat for them as the Arabian in the wilderness, and thou hast polluted the land with thy whoredoms and with thy wickedness. So as you can see, there is whoredoms here, there is wickedness here. And when you got this, look at verse three. Therefore the showers have been withholding and there have been no latter rain and thou hast a whore's forehead, thou refusest to be ashamed. The only way that Jezebel could ever really manipulate a man and this spirit can get to you, it's got to be through whoredom. There has to be something that a man wants from Jezebel in order for Jezebel's plan to take effect. This is what's happening in the churches. You're seeing the showers held back because you've got weak men in the pulpit afraid of their wives, and then you've got women dominating in the church. And when you've got that, God's grace and his blessings will not be upon these. Did you find it, Sarah? Mm -hmm. All right, what chat, what, what is that? First Kings 2. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Speak up, please. First Kings 2 and 1. Yeah. Now the days of uh, David grew nigh that he should die, and he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and shew thyself to man. And keep charge of the Lord thy God. Walk in his ways to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest, and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. And you see, exactly, you know, but you're finding today that's not the case. You've got a lot of men that have abandoned the responsibility of the Lord. They know that there are things that they should be talking about. Men should be taking care of the homes. Men should be doing a lot of things like this. But a lot of men have left their authority and just, you know, abandoned their responsibilities. Why was this done? Because that because of that Jezebel Ahab coalition. You always find this this unity together. Go in the workplace, go in any church. You'll find a wimpy man with a whorish masculine type woman. That's the Jezebel Ahab connection. Look at Oprah and look at Tyler Perry. They're always hanging out. Well, they don't like each other anymore. But the bottom line is you always find that combo there where there's a rough woman and you've got this little, you know, weak man walking around with her doing everything she says. You know, nothing is worse to see in God's eyes. But as you can see, there's a whore's forehead that the children of Israel have. And because of that, God can't pour out his rain. And we're going to talk about how Jezebel does this, even in the churches. But I want to go to one other place. Um, let's go to Isaiah chapter three and let's look at verse one. Now I'm going to tie it together. We can get in it now. And I just wanted to make some points concerning the things that the Jezebel spirit does. Isaiah 3, but I want to look at, um, yeah, let's look at verse 1. 
because I want everybody to see what a society looks like when it becomes matriarchal. Okay, so this is Isaiah 3. Let's look at verse 1. He says, For behold, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, doth take away from Jerusalem and from Judah the stay and the staff, the whole stay of bread and the whole stay of water. So what is God doing once again? He's taking away uh, Israel's sustenance because Israel don't obey the Lord. Look at verse two, the mighty man, that's what's going away. And the man of war, the judge and the prophet and the prudent man and the ancient, the captain of 50 and the honorable man and the counselor and the cunning artificer and the eloquent orator. And I will give children to be their princes and babes shall rule over them. So notice that this generation of all these men will be taken away and babes would rule in their place. Then it says, uh, babes shall rule over them. And then it says, and the people shall be oppressed every one by another and every one by his neighbor. The child shall behave himself uh, proudly against the ancient and the base against the honorable. And this is exactly what you're seeing today. This is proof to what Pastor Price was talking about. Why are these children in rebellion? Why are they doing what they're doing? Because of the matriarchal society and the shortage of masculine authority, masculine discipline in the homes. He says in verse six, when a man shall take hold of his brother, of the house of his father, um, uh, saying, and let this ruin, oh, and let this ruin be under thy hand. And that day shall he swear, saying, I will not be in healer, for in my house is neither bread nor clothing. Uh, make me not a ruler of the people. So what do you have here? You've got men, you know, abandoning their responsibility. Don't make me responsible. I don't want to handle this. I don't want to deal with this. Go to someone else. Verse eight, for Jerusalem is ruined and Judah is fallen because their tongue and their doings are against the Lord to provoke the eyes of his glory. Uh, the shoe of their countenance doth witness against them and they declare their sin as Sodom and they hide it not. Woe unto their soul, for they have rewarded evil unto themselves. So, you know, the Bible talks about a just recompense when you've got sin in the land. But remember, this chapter begins with the removal of all the men that would be important in society. And now you've got babes in their place. But we're going to find out the real issue here and what's going on. So he says in verse, um, and this is where homosexuality is run wild. Look at verse 10. Say ye to the righteous that it shall be well with him, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. Woe unto the wicked, it shall be ill with him, for the reward of his hands shall be given him. Look at what he says in verse 12. As for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people, they, that, they which lead thee cause thee to err, and destroy the way of thy paths. So what do you see? Whenever children are ruling and you get the, the fathers off the scene, the women ruling over the children, you've got society and children in rebellion. This is exactly what Pastor Price was speaking of. There are a lot of kids that I know just from working in the school system 
that they're, they're fatherless. A lot of them don't have dads. And if they do, they've got an Ahab instead of a real father. So, you know, it's just really sad to see that you can't even tell these kids anything. You can't even like tell them, hey man, that was wrong. I mean, they're always mouthing off of something, crying, emotional, wanting to leave. I don't want to be here and all this, where there was a time when my dad would have told me to stand still and wipe them tears. You know, I would have had to stand there and hear what he had to say. But, but people have taken away the importance of a father in the home. And, you know, the, the Lord intends to bring that back. And the Bible's actually, I'm going to show you where it says that. But you see, fatherless children will make society rebel and become matriarchal and women will rule over them. I personally believe even in the pulpit, while you've got these sensitive, sweet talking preachers in the pulpit today is another tool that the devil is using to remove masculine authority. I'm telling you, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing wherever you go, dudes that will, you know, oh, thank you. Bless you, everyone. I, you know, I love you. You see, when people get caught up in that, you know, and I'm not trying to be funny, but when you see that, that's conditioning to make men that way, you know, and, and a lot of people are flocking to that. Like Gary Price said, these people don't even want to, they want to feel love instead of hearing what love is and what the truth is. See, now girls can say what they want. Uh, they don't like men that are rough and strong and, you know, whatever, but Okay, you on your way home, <laughs> you know, late at night. Would you rather be walking with your dad, who's a real man, or would you rather be walking with some godson? Oh, you know, um, can you just blow bubbles? Hopefully they'll go away. Let's run. You want God's protection. Think about how cunning and evil and wicked the devil is. And you mean to say if we didn't have Jesus Christ or God the Father who really means business? If he was loving and hugging and touching and kissing everybody in a pink robe and slippers, what would happen with you and I? The devil fears patriarchal authority. He fears the Lord. Thank God that God is love, but God is also to be feared. Thank God for that, because if we didn't have that, we wouldn't have God's authority to stand in. That's something you got to realize. The devil is not fooled with who God is. We might be, but the devil knows that God is no joke. But if the devil thought that God was some kind of play toy, he would have come up against you and I a long time ago. And that's why we've got to walk in God's authority and his patriarchal authority that we may do the things that God calls. Yeah, bro. Earlier you were talking about how uh, kids and uh, the women of the mom is in control. Mm -hmm. How the dad's not in the picture and how mm -hmm. the devil like, just messes with them, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they, they, in, the, in the Bible, it says somewhere uh, where if you can go beyond the path of a strong man, they can spoil his, his goods, right? Mm -hmm. Take the house's goods. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if there's no strong man in that case, then the goods are taken. Sam, again, this is, this is exactly the point, though, because if there is no father in the home, the devil, one thing he does know is God's divine order. So if you take the man out of the home, he knows, unless that woman's husband is Christ, he knows I've got authority to be here. And no one can keep me from doing it. That's why he told the women to cover their heads or the woman's head should be covered in authority because of the angels, because they recognize what God's authority looks like. And that's what they're going to respond to. But I'm telling you, you got to. These, these are great points, because 
We need to walk in what God said is true. No matter what it looks like to us, go to God, let him change your heart and let him work on you. We're gonna get a quick um, example of the Jezebel spirit. I wanna read this so that you guys will be familiar with her attack. I picked up this article today because I was like, Lord, I need an article or something, you know, to show it. Lord said, I got you. Don't even worry about it. He gave me this while I was at work. Martin's all right. All right. So this is called the Jezebel controlling spirit. The spirit of Jezebel is one of the uh, coming and evil authorities over our nation. It is in the church and in your family, our society, the church, uh, families, and individuals uh, personally have been attacked, infiltrated, sabotaged, and robbed by Jezebel. She is no respecter of persons. This spirit is genderless, but seems to work. I just put something in front of me. Okay, but seems to work very effectively through women and uh, sensitive male personality types. Uh, there are only two classes of people, Jezebels and those that have been Jezebeled. <laughs> so there's a Jezebel spirit, and then there are those that Jezebel has dominated. Then it says one of the, uh, of the last letter of the churches uh, strongly addressed the subject of tolerating the Jezebel spirit. That's Revelation 2. 22, 20 through uh, 23, it says, gives a clear picture that it leads astray the best of servants into wrong teachings or sexual immorality. Jesus through John in the book of Revelation gives a strong warning of judgment on the Jezebel spirit. Jezebel seeks to destroy true worship. It misleads and corrupts the church to seek to neutralize the life of prophets, pastors, and other male authority by any means, sexual enticement, physical illness, financial misconduct, uh, dehabilitating uh, discouragement, which we can, uh, we can call burnout. Jezebel is out to destroy the family, morality, and God-ordained authority. It is the spirit behind disorder in churches and families Feminism, sexual immorality, and sexually immoral lifestyles, and abortion on demand. So this is 10 characteristics of Jezebel. Jezebel's ultimate goal is always control. The Jezebel spirit is always motivated by its own agenda to relentlessly, I mean, and relentlessly pursues. Uh, it is intent on getting what it wants. There may be one or every, um, what was he trying to say, ministry? He put a G in there. One in every ministry of the church and uh, every family trying to dominate, arrange, and fix everybody. This is two. The Jezebel spirit attacks, controls, dominates, and manipulates men, especially male authority, husband, pastor, boss, etc. cetera. Uh, Queen Jezebel usurped political uh, earthly authority of her of the kingdom. Jezebel in the church at Thyatira uh, usurped spiritual authority. The ultimate goal is to conquer or neutralize the prophet because a discerning pastor, prophet, or Christian leader is Jezebel's greatest enemy. Jezebel hates and or distrusts men and always uh, questions male authorities. 
Uh, Jezebel causes them to doubt their decisions, capability, manhood, worth, etc. Uh, Jezebel will not submit to God's delegated authority. They control and scorn, sarcasm, sharp tongue, public humiliation, emotional outbursts, uh, nagging, and um, unless demands, uh, nothing is ever enough. Jezebel, Jezebels are not always brash, overt, aggressive, or bossy. They may be more subtle, outwardly gracious, but just as determined to have their own way. Jezebels may resort to control by tears, fear, rejection, guilt, pouting, <laughs> silence, sickness, or self-pity. This is three. Jezebel causes fear, flight, and discouragement. You know, I found out things concerning the Jezebel spirit too, that um, when you engage one, you do feel drained. There is this sense of draining around you, like it just takes the life right out of you. That's how I knew what spirit was that day when we were doing the study and it came at me. We had to actually stop. Martin, you were there. You know, Sarah was there. We actually had to stop and pray because my mind, we stopped the recording. My mind was beginning to swirl. I felt like, man, I can't even think right now. And then it's like the Lord chased it off and we were fine. So it says, and they often cause a spiritual leader to flee his appointed place as Elijah did. Jezebels are responsible for hundreds of resignations of pastors and spiritual leaders a year. Some effects of being Jezebeled are debilitating uh, discouragement, uh, confession, depression, loss of vision, despair, disorientation, uh, withdrawal, worthlessness, defeat, burnout, physical illness, financial insufficiency, and an infinite variety of other uh, fiery darts, including death, or at least, or, or at less, a death wish. Wow, so she even pushes the spirit of suicide. The Jezebel spirit cuts off the life of spiritual leadership. His reputation or ministry may be taken by character assassination or enticement into sexual immorality. This is for Jezebel's or natural. Uh, this guy's like, he's typed some stuff. They are natural leads, uh, although often covertly. That doesn't even make sense. But, you know, this is four because we don't have time to continue with this. Jezebel's are, I mean, five. Jezebel's are insecure and wounded with pro pronounced ego needs. This is six. Well, no, well, this is what they say some of the needs are. Rejection, early in life, abandonment and emotional remoteness by father or mother, illness, premature death, neglect, you know, the next is resistance um, to authority because of bad relationships or bad experiences. The next is fear, insecurity or self-preservation. Fear is the principal entry for the Jezebel spirit to vulnerable, threatened people. Jezebel seeks to control in order to feel secure. You know, and I've seen this. This is why you get a lot of pastors that may even have this spirit where they're looking false teachers. They like the wounded and rejected people. They'll push a sugar gospel on them and they'll draw them in. And what do they do from that point on? Take advantage of the people. That's how they work. And then it says bitterness that gets into the wounds, especially 
against men because of abandonment or abuse. This is six, Jezebel. Uh, Jezebels are tremendously subtle and deceptive. I'm gonna put this down in the description box so you guys can read. I'm gonna move to seven. Jezebels are proud, independent, and rebellious. This is eight. It takes an Ahab to let Jezebels be effective and operate unchallenged. This is nine. Jezebel is always a religious spirit. This is 10. The families of Jezebels are most often out of order. Okay. And then there's how to avoid Jezebel. I guess I'll just read this real quick and then we'll get right back in. It says how to avoid the Jezebel spirit. At least half the battle is won in recognizing the operation of this spiritual force. There are only two categories of people, Jezebels and those that have been Jezebel. All of us personally, first of all, need to examine whether our lives are in order or free of the Jezebel syndrome so that God can be free to move. Know the harm that being, that being the object of the Jezebel spirit has done you. By the grace of God, recognize your potential for operating in the Jezebel spirit. Three uh, realities diminish the effort diminish the effect of the Jezebel spirit. Uh, all three are God's grace, gifts, and coverings, and protection. Okay, so I'm going to put this down in the description box, but as you guys can see, and what we've been talking about, the Jezebel spirit is crafty, just like the devil. I mean, the devil comes in many different ways of subtlety and, and trying to gain favor or trying to destroy people. This is what we're dealing with. When you look at Samson, look at what the Bible said concerning him. He went down into a certain place to run into what? A harlot. What is Samson? A type of church. When Samson ended up bound and grinding at the mill, losing his anointing of the seven spirits of God, which the seven locks represented, he became subject to his enemies. And notice after that, Jezebel never tried to get him out. The movie says that Jezebel tried to lead him up there and set him free. But Jezebel was only concerned for Jezebel. She seduced him to get her way with him. And then when she got what she wanted, there he was grinding at the mill. So it took a young lad to bring Samson between the two pillars to push them over and destroy his enemies. But Samson's problem as the church is today are our eyes. We get caught up in the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And God has got to remove those from us so that we can be effective for him. You see, because Jezebel's no respecter of persons, she'll destroy anybody. The men and women of God should be no respecters of persons either. Hey, you may be a close family member. You may be my sister, my daughter, my husband, or my wife. But the bottom line is, you're not going to do what you're doing in here. When we respect persons, then we get to that place of, being unfair. And then we start to let things slide that shouldn't go on. Have you ever seen that kid where you try and tell the parent right away their child is, they need discipline and the parent ignores it? That's my baby. I love him. Usually when you find that, you'll find that the woman is emotionally going through something. So now instead of her child being someone she can discipline, he becomes her teddy bear or her toy. So because you make me feel secure, I'm not going to discipline you. And then that child grows up to have authority over the parent, disrespecting them out in public and doing whatever. So, you know, we, we need we need God's authority to get things 
and love with God. All right. So I was going to go there, but we don't need to uh, read Judges 16 in your spare time. But let's go to First Timothy chapter two. I mean, as men, we got to man up. We got to get in that place. I can't stand when I see like brothers in the Lord want to do something with me. And they're like, I can't because of my wife. She's she'll get mad or I need to do this and that. That should never be going on. How could Henry Groover actually be what God wanted him to be if his wife was like that? Henry had to leave and do what the Lord says all year long, you know? And I mean, his wife raised those kids and the Lord blessed them. But when you do things according to divine order, God's divine order, he'll take care of your wife. He'll take care of your kids. He'll take care of all of your needs. Why? Because you're putting God first. That's where we need to be. Man, this uprising is out of control. Even in the workplace, man, you got women that'll buck up on you and say things. I let them know, don't bring that here. And I'm not Ahab, you know, I'm gonna tell you why it needs to be known, but you know, I'm not gonna play that with you leaning on me, puffing and puffing at me for something I never did to try and gain authority. So take that down the block. So this is Second Timothy, uh, I mean, First Timothy uh, 2. Did I tell you guys second or first? Okay, First Timothy 2, let's look at verse 7. He says, whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle. I speak the truth in Christ and lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. And like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel and with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with braided care or gold or pearls or costly array. Now notice he wanted to do this because, you know, I get it that men have to be strong and avoid lust, but women shouldn't be helping the men by flashing and showing their bodies to get men to lust. You know, we're supposed to be helping each other out. The man should be in that place of, okay, I must obey God and do what he says. And, you know, shouldn't be looking at women wrong. Well, the woman shouldn't be naked either. I mean, how can you not see it? So those things need to be corrected so that men can, you know, not be driven to lust. Exactly. No, she's absolutely right. You know, and then it says in verse 10. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now that's that's extreme, you know, or whatever. But that's what happens when things go out of order, too. You become too much of a controller when it's really got something to do with letting God govern your relationship. Well, then you need to go into women circumcision. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they treat their women like dogs. You know, and he says, but which becoming women professing godliness with good works. Let the women learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffered not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but be but to be in silence. A lot of churches are divided over this, you know, because some people don't want the women to say anything or do anything in the church. And then you got other people saying, you know, whatever is under proper headship should be right. And, you know, this has kind of been tough, too, in some ways, because 
you know, there have been, you know, times in past where the devil has used people like this in church where he's allowed the woman to go up. And then when you go and sit in the church, you see the woman's authority. You see, she's not talking to people about what God is showing her and what they need to know. She plays, she places authority, you know, over the people. This is what you need to do. And I want all of you to be doing this and that. And it's like, whoa, 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 hold up. You can tell us what God said, but don't usurp authority over the men. There's a difference there, okay? When you start making commands of what needs to be done in the church, now you're out of order. If you wanna share with us things that the devil may be doing to attack, things that the devil might try and you know do to come against the people of God, if you've got something you wanna share to edify, then that's fine. But when you start making demands, you know, unto men and things like that, now you're usurping authority. And that's where it becomes kind of sticky. Me, I personally don't mind if women teach, you know, within the ministry and things like that, as long as, you know, things are in order with what God wants. But, you know, when it's kind of like, I'm going to do this the way I want, then it's like, that's going against what he says. Look at verse 13. But Adam was first formed, then Eve. Notice he went right back to that because this is where it began. Adam was first. Verse 14 says, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Uh, Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. So Paul is letting Timothy know where the problem came from the very beginning. Now, we weren't there to see how Eve enticed Adam to take the fruit, but all we know is that Adam obeyed. And Paul is making clear because of that going on, God doesn't want to see that again. God doesn't want to see his church go through that again when you usurp authority or you allow the woman to, and you're obeying her and not the Lord. Okay, look at uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3. He says, this is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop then must be blameless the husband of one wife. Now notice it says that he must be a husband of one wife. What is a bishop? He is a pastor. He governs a church. He must be a husband of one wife. You've got a lot of women today calling themselves pastors, and that is unscriptural. They're not supposed to be. What's causing that? The Jezebel spirit. Women can do things in the church. They're supposed to teach the young girls how to be made right. You know what things can go right with them how to grow up respectable and and walk their way righteously in the world and in the church. So women do have a role and they can uh, teach children. But when you got women that are over churches talking about God appointed me and God's telling me to do this, God would never tell you to do anything aside from his word. And then they'll say, what about Deborah? What about Phoebe? What about this one? What about 1 Timothy chapter three? Because this is what the Bible says to do. But you see, Phoebe was a deacon in the church. She was like a servant, or was she the prophet? No, Anna was the prophetess. Phoebe was like a servant in the church, like a deacon. She didn't have the office of a deacon, like the way that, you know, the guy who's right under the pastor, but that same word for deacon means servant. Deborah came along as a prophetess because there were no men used of the Lord. Can God use men, I mean, women? Absolutely. Okay, women can go out, preach the gospel, evangelize, bring people to Christ. 
but to govern a church, that's an office that a woman can't have and a woman cannot be an apostle because if she takes any of those roles, she usurps authority over men. Yes, sir. I remember back when I was in school and even back when my mom, she was in high school, but it did Absolutely. So it's not even a question that women, if Jezebel is going to reach the throne, Jezebel has reached the throne. Jezebel has been sitting on the throne for a long time and it's time to kick her butt off and put some real Elijahs in there and real mighty men of God to get women to get this thing in line. A man will never win against the Jezebel spirit unless he has women support. Why? Because they'll be able to spot that garbage coming in to try and, and cause trouble. But a Jezebel spirit is crafty. A Jezebel spirit would sit here, watch an argument between Martin and I. Let's just say Martin and I have an argument. A Jezebel spirit will sit here, watch the disagreement and say, I could use, yeah, I'll figure that out. And then afterwards, go to Martin. You see, Martin, I appreciate you and all that you do, you know, cause you're a strong man. And you know what? No one needs to treat you like that. No one needs to ever, ever talk down to you like that. You know, and things like that will go on. And then all of a sudden, Martin, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so what happens? I've got trouble now with Martin because of the Jezebel spirit. But what's the agenda? Cause discord and gain control. You know, let's go to, uh, I want to go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter. No, matter of fact, before we go there, I want to go to Malachi chapter four. I want you guys to look at this. Everything Pastor Price said is right. Everything going on concerning this world, this is exactly how it's playing out. All right, Malachi, look at chapter four. Let's look at verse one. It says, for behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven and all the proud yea and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day of, and that day or the day that cometh uh, shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness Arise with healing uh, in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. 
Remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I command unto him in Horeb for all Israel with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. So how did this happen? This came with, um, with uh, John the Baptist. He came to introduce Christ, but it's amazing here how it says that the heart of the children would be turned back to the fathers and the fathers to the children. So what does that tell you about society and what Jesus Christ was fighting against and what he came to make right? It was the matriarchal uprising because if the children at this point were not to their fathers, then their hearts of the children were towards their mothers. That automatically equals an upside down world that you go into. So what's going on here is Elijah came to bring forth Christ. You even look at Jesus saying, why didn't you accept John the Baptist? What did you think was gonna represent me? A little reed shaking in the wind, a little man clothed in soft raiment. He says, if you're looking for those kind of guys, those guys are in king's houses. So Jesus was letting you know that he was a rugged individual, not rugged like he didn't use napkins or anything, but he spoke his mind. And when you've got a generation of Pharisees in a world like that, they couldn't receive Christ, he became offensive because he didn't fall in line with the things that they wanted. They were offended at him because he didn't have to sneak in through the back door to get his agenda. He told you point blank range to your face what is and what needs to be. And because of that, they hated him. And you'll find that today. You find any strong man in a religious setting, in a church, someone that speaks, and you know, right away, you're gonna find people that will dislike him and say, he's rude. When what is he really doing? He's bringing the truth. Yes, Sarah. I just find it interesting too about, you know, the moment to, to Ephesus, you know, they, their goddess was Diana. And you know how the the, the the blacksmith and the two other guys there mm -hmm. he talks about it, says you know this guy is going to come against us when we worship Diana. Mm -hmm. Of course, nowadays he's on the big screen. You know, Wonder mm -hmm. Woman, her name is Diana. Exactly. And she's supposed to be strong and everything like that. So it's like it never goes away. It just resurfaces later on when people are too stupid. Exactly because there is that Jezebel spirit that's going back and forth in the earth trying to cause discord. The Jezebel spirit hates to see two men getting along. It hates to see a woman that believes God's order and says, you know, my husband is the head of the home. They hate that. Or like in a, in a family gathering, you know, when it comes to serving food, you let a wife go to her husband and say, what do you want on your plate? And watch that Jezebel spirit buck up. Let him get his own plate. You know, like why you always gotta serve him or do whatever? You know, but they're so angry with it because they hate to see God's divine order. That's got to be taken away, man. Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. To me, it's a beautiful thing to see a man who loves his wife that is God-fearing and his wife reverences her husband. You know, that's how it should be. Yeah, we're going there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Huh? 
Yeah. A real woman loves God. Yeah. A real woman. You know, one thing I've also found out, too, that for a lot of girls that grew up with fathers, those women have so much confidence in life. And you know what? They know what it is to be loved. And they're not really victims to men like a lot of women that grow up without a father. Some women that grow up without fathers, you're really, you're not looking for a boyfriend. You're looking for a father figure. You're looking for someone that's going to take care of things that's going to make your fear go away. And when you grow up with that, it becomes hard at times to know what real love is. But a girl that is loved in her father and has confidence in her dad, she walks in a total different life, okay? Because she knows she's got her father's love. She's loved. So she doesn't need to be accepted by some low life. She knows that she is loved. And that's what is also missing. Not just a boy with his father, but a girl that has a father that loves her. It, it really does make a difference. She will not fall for those schemes. What'd you say, bro? Oh, yeah. So let's look at 1 Corinthians um, 11. 1 Corinthians 11. Did I say go there? Okay, look at verse 1. He says, be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that you that ye remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. Now that should be something that men can sit on. If Christ is not my head, I might be a male, but I am not a man. How do I know this? Because the head of every man is Christ. You should be seeking what the Lord wants you to do even before you go to your wife. You may tell her what the Lord says, but everything is supposed to go in divine order with receiving instruction of the Lord. And like I told a lot of Jezebel spirit women, if God, if you don't have a God-fearing man, I don't know what you think you're going to have in the end times that's going to protect you. A woman is going to feel very secure in a man that knows the Lord and only fears the Lord. But man, if you got some man that's bending to you now, what are you going to do when things get rough and it gets too much for you? You can't rely on him because he's hiding under your skirt. So you see, the order, if it's right, gives the man confidence in God, gives the woman confidence in the man, and it gives the children confidence in their parents to grow up in a godly way. So he says, the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Every man praying and prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered, dishonoreth her head. But that is even all one as if she were shaven. So for a woman not to be covered is almost as if a woman is being shaved. Then it says in verse six, for if the woman be not covered, let her also be shorn. But if it be a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven, let her be covered. Now, why is Paul saying this? Look at verse seven. He's going to tell you what he means. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, for as much as he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of the man. So the man was made in God's image and likeness, and the woman was made to glorify the man. But this is what you also find is an issue, too, where you get the Ahab spirit that's a problem. If I'm sitting with Martin and Sam in here, 
regardless of who's teaching, we're all brothers. We're all brothers in the Lord. There's no one that has authority over anyone because Christ is our head, okay? So when you get a lot of men that want to cheerlead another man, or they just, you know, this man is my covering, that's a shame to a man because a man should have no covering but Christ. But you see, you get a lot of men that will get in church and you see the way they cheer on Creflo Dollar and they're afraid of him. And, you know, they're just in there cheering for him like cheerleaders while he's making a fool out of them. And then you got the nerve to bring your family there as a man. That's pathetic because Christ should be a man's head. But you see, the man is made in the image and glory of God and the woman is the glory of the man. I know some people may ask, well, is the woman made in the image of God too? I believe that there are parts of the woman that do glorify the Godhead. But you know, who is God the Father? Who is Jesus Christ? Why did Jesus Christ come in the form of a man when he could have come in the form of a woman? You see, why did he choose 12 disciples and they were all men? And then from there, he spread it out his church because I believe that man is the image and glory of God and the woman is the glory of the man. The, the woman I believe represents a woman and man with the children in subjection is the image of the Godhead. I got a teaching coming up on that too, because a lot of people will say that, you know, is God male or is he female? Or is there one God that manifests in three ways? Or is it, a you know, a triune God, one God in three persons? But like Pastor Price said, and I agree, if you understand, the family unit or the, the a Godhead, you can totally understand what the family represents. So you see the Holy Ghost doesn't feel like he's nobody uh, because of the fact that God the Father is head. Jesus Christ doesn't feel insignificant because God is his father. They are all God in three persons and they are one. And what's wrong with that? But you see, when you're fighting for power, what are you trying to say is the woman you know, nothing? Is that what you want? So a man beat me and he did this and that, but he's my head? Man, you got it all backwards. We're not even talking about emotion. We're talking about the divine order of God. Yes, Sarah? I'm going to make the point of, you know, if a, if a woman is in like a, in, in a proper order, you can read the scriptures and you can read about the disciples and how Jesus came and everything like that. And it, it doesn't even fade you because mm -hmm. you know that's how naturally it's Thank supposed you. to go. Exactly. I love um, my sister on that. Uh, she got a YouTube channel called um, Extreme Reality Check. And she said because she doesn't have to have a husband, she's got to, you know, do a lot of work in her backyard. And she says, you know, I admit I'm not a man. This is a Marine. This woman was in the Marine Corps before finding the Lord. And she says, I admit I'm not a man. I'm not as strong as a man. She said, nor am I trying to be. But you see, if you're a feminist, if you're a Jezebel spirit, you hate words like that coming out. But in reality, okay, put the WNBA versus the NBA and let's see who wins. You know, you're both trained, skilled professional basketball players. Let's see what happens. Put your best professional boxer in the ring with the best professional woman fighter and watch what happens. But we got to face reality. If we're going to be right with God, we're not trying to make anybody feel down. There are things that women can do that men can't. Women think out of both sides of their brains. Men don't. That is the truth. You ever see a group of women sitting around talking together? 
Deborah will say something to Anna, and Anna's talking to Sarah. Anna will then turn around, say something to Deborah, and Sarah's talking to Anna. And Anna can hear and go back and forth and, and answer them both and hear them both clearly. Men can't do that. We're like, whoa, whoa, hold up, shut up a minute. Wait, what'd you say? But women are, are, are given that by the Lord that they can just multitask. I've seen it and I'm looking at it, and I'm getting a headache. Like, how do they understand what each other is saying while all three are talking? But that's something, hey, ladies, am I lying? Am I lying in this? Because if so, she said, Sarah says it goes away with old age. Would you say, Martin? It's not really fast. They do. But it's like they can hear, and it's just, you know, like recording and hearing. But, you know, we all have our place with the Lord. And if we just play where we need to be with him, God will do the rest. But, man, it's that trouble with having submission, man, is the problem. Because any man that won't submit to God is not going to love his wife. That's clear. Look at verse 8. For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. What does he mean by this? She's called woman because she was taken out of the womb of a man. There's nothing wrong with that. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. For this cause ought the woman to have power on her head because of the angels, because the angels themselves would lust after women and do things. But I also think too, when the Lord talks about those things that were given as authority to us, that which is bound on earth will be bound in heaven. Those angels recognize what proper headship looks like. An angel of God is not going to defend a Jezebel spirit over her husband. Neither will the Holy Ghost empower that woman over the man because the order is wrong. Verse 11, nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man in the Lord. They need each other. God made them as a complete set, but they just have different roles. Look at verse 12. For as the woman is of the man, even so is the man also by the woman, but all things of God. So what does it mean by that? The first man was Adam. Out of Adam's rib came Eve. And then from there, you're not going to find any other men in the world unless they come out of a woman. So you see, the work first came from Adam or God to Adam. Adam's rib was used to make Eve. And from there, what was she called? Eve, because she was what? The mother of all living. So this is where the order comes from concerning the Lord. So then he says, for as the, uh, let's see, verse 13, judge in yourselves, uh, is it comely that a woman pray unto God uncovered? Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him? Now, some people think he's talking about, you know, long hair as an authority. No, he's speaking of long hair. Hair may be used to talk about what type of authority it should be, but he's also speaking of the hair. And then he says in verse 15, but if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her for her hair is given her for a covering. So a woman's hair is supposed to be long, but what do you see today going on with the Jezebel spirit? You got all these women with one side shaved, all women are getting short haircuts and they're starting to mimic men. The Lord even gave me revelation on high heels, what they really represent. I remember as a kid seeing women walk in the church 
And, you know, they would always make that clonking sound or whatever. And I always wondered, man, don't they sound like horses? You know, but when you look at this whole thing concerning what the devil is doing with the image of God, you know, they now, I always say, they, they kind of um, look like hooves. Well, now you've got women's shoes that are actual hooves. What are they trying to mimic? The goat, the Baphomet, the satyrs. You know, if you look at the Baphomet image, it's a beast head. It's got breasts like a woman. It's got a man's penis and it has its hooves. But those women are giving high heels to look down on men. And then you got a lot of men now that are worried about their height because of how tall women look in heels. That shouldn't even be an issue. But you see, if even if you look at the clothing, women's suits are starting to look very masculine. You look at men's clothing, they're looking very feminine. I'm not gonna wear tight pants. Even if I have to wear these till they fall off, if they stop making them, I'm not gonna be wearing you know, pants that I cut off my circulation. So anyway, he says in verse 16, the woman's hair is given to her as a covering, but if any man seem to be contentious, we have no such custom, neither the churches of God. So this is not about hair covering because he says we have no such custom. It's not even about that concerning your head covered. The women's hair is meant to be long. That's a covering unto her. That's her glory. And a man's covering is Christ. And a man shouldn't have other men over him, nor should a man have long hair. You know, I know people want to bring up Samson and the Nazarite vow. It says he has seven locks on his head. Do you know that a lot of Old Testament things were only examples, even though they played out, to bring it into the new and relate to the gospel? Yeah, bro. It's funny how they make Jesus look like it has super long hair. Too. Mm -hmm. Great point by Martin. What do you think the Jezebel spirit is doing to Jesus? That's the devil's image of Jesus. He wants you to look at Jesus as some kind of, you know, wimp. You know, like he couldn't do anything. If you look at pictures of Jesus, he looks very feminine. He does not look like a man at all. He looks like a woman with a beard because that's what the devil wants to do. That's his image of the Lord. And how many people flock to that? Todd White said that the Lord told him not to cut his hair because he wanted Todd White to mimic Jesus. Now, how do you know Jesus had long hair? That's my question. If Paul's here speaking against it, who's to say Jesus even looks like that? The word of God will never contradict. I mean, the rhema will never contradict the logos. You can forget that. Look at Matthew 14 real quick. Tell you, that Jezebel spirit is working overtime. And you know what? Henry Gruber went against that spirit that night when we were all at the Troutdale house. Do you remember when Henry was sitting there and he said, a man and a woman got up and left? And you can hear it right on the recording on the study. Henry Groover said, did you see that? He said, I could hear the Lord was giving him thoughts. And he said, that man wanted to stay there and hear more. But that woman became upset with him and did not want him to stay. And he left because of her. And he said, I'm not talking bad about anybody in here. He was just letting us know that the Jezebel spirit did not want that man listening to Henry Grover, you know? And, you know, sometimes you got to address that spirit. Uh, we can just fall in line with the Lord. 
Just do what he says. We won't have any problems like this. I was asked today, right in the workplace, a guy asked me, um, so what do you think of God or whatever? And I said, um, I was like, well, I believe he created everything. And he said, well, I don't believe that. I believe that, you know, there is something that created everything, but it wasn't, you know, I don't believe personally in a God. I said, no, your problem is you don't believe in the God of the Bible. You know, that, that's really the whole issue. And then he said, you know, well, how do you know there's a God? And I tried to give him examples. If you see loose change everywhere, you know, just spilled out all over, you can't get order out of disorder. So, you know, if you see change spilled out, you can assume, yeah, the wind probably blew these little pieces from somewhere. But if you got nickels, quarters, pennies, and dimes, all stacked perfectly well in their places, you would have to assume somebody put those there. I mean, only common sense would tell you, man, this house is only sitting here. And then I tried to use the example that everything that exists, there's always a why to it. This, that couch is there, why? We're sitting in this room, why? What, what is this TV doing here? Why is it here? If you don't have a why to why something is, then it, it, it's, I mean, you know, there's no point in even being created. There has to be a reason for every single thing that exists. You put water in bottles, why? Because of the fact that it's easier to drink. You can transport it from one place unto another. The next thing he hit me with was, well, if this God is so powerful, why does he have a problem with two men and two women being together? I said, okay, so now I see what the problem is. It's not so much about believing in God. You don't like him because of he's telling you how to live and he's telling you that sodomy is wrong, you know? And, and that's what people have got to understand, that you can't love somebody sodomizing somebody. If I were to do that to another man or a woman and I didn't know, I would be charged with sodomy. The true definition of sodomy is oral and anal copulation. You can look it up in Webster's Dictionary. And then I tried to tell him again. I said, okay, well, think about this. If I were in your house, okay, and you set your house up a certain way, and I just came in and started moving things around and doing whatever I wanted in it, how would you feel? He looked at me and said, you got a point. And I said, yeah, when everyone does what's right in his own sight, and you've got madness, you've got wildfire, you've got chaos. Because you see, if the homosexual has a right to do what he's doing, now you got to acknowledge the rights of the pedophile. Now what? Now what? And you know, homosexuals attack pedophiles. You know, they'll, they'll tell you, man, no way, no how, this is wrong. Wait a minute. Well, God said that you're wrong. You see, I can't, I can't tell a homosexual his wrong if I'm a fornicator. We all got to be made right and fall in love with God's divine order. And that's what homosexuals and people are not realizing. I have to change my sin too. I've got to be made right into the image of Christ. This is not just picking on you. This is about all things must come in subjection to Jesus Christ. The one I heard that, I said, okay, here's the real problem. And I believe the devil was trying to bait me into going there. But, you know, Lord is faithful and good in his wisdom. He told me what was wrong and how to address it. And we just left it alone. We had a decent day, but I'm not going to sit down and shut up when the Lord wants us to speak. Because without a preacher, how can the people hear? Everything that is presented in this Bible to the world is going to be an upside down viewpoint.
Why? Because we've been in sin for so long. But you know, we're here to turn people right side up to the truth that they may know Christ and get right with him. So, you know, hey, I don't care. If it gets me in trouble, so be it. The bottom line is you still need to be saved. Whether I get fired or not, you still need to know Jesus. Look at Matthew 14. Let's look at verse one. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard of the fame of Jesus and said unto the servants, this is John the Baptist, he is risen from the dead and therefore mighty works do shew forth themselves in him. But Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. So there you go again, strong men of God being taken down by the Jezebel spirit. Let's see what caused this to happen. But John said unto him, it is not lawful for thee to have her. So what did John the Baptist do? He spoke against sin. You can't have your brother's wife, man. That's not lawful. Verse five, and when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude because they counted him as a prophet. But when Herod's birthday was kept, so Herod wanted no part of John the Baptist. Herod said, hey man, this is a man's man. He's a God-fearing man. The people love him. He proclaims the truth. I'm not gonna mess with him. Look at what turned him. But when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod. And she wasn't tap dancing. Whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. And she being before instructed of her mother said, give me here John Baptist's head on a charger. And the king was sorry, nevertheless, for the oath's sake and them uh, which sat with him at me. He commanded it to be given to her and he sent and beheaded John in the prison. So Herod's lust drove him to kill John the Baptist. What do you find here again? The whoredom and the witchcraft. The young girl didn't know what to ask for. The mother told her, yeah, go and dance or do whatever. And then you found uh, afterwards, Herod was pleased. What can I do for you? She went to her mother and her mother said, yeah, get John the Baptist head on a charger because she wanted to unlawfully marry Herod. You see how this whole thing goes? Why do you think in Revelation 17, she is known as the harlot, which many kings of the earth have drank of the wine of her fornication. Jezebel is not just a woman. Jezebel is not just a spirit. Jezebel is a principality and world power that is still going around today, manipulating and destroying people of God. You know, unbelievable. Let's go to First Peter 3 and let's look at verse 1. I'm, I'm about done right now. You see, this spirit has been taking down men of God for a long time. If they couldn't get the men to submit, they killed them. As Christian men in America and throughout the world, we better get ready for this because this is what's going to try and take us out. This is what wants you off the scene. They can't stand a godly man. And that's why they'll bring in these fluffy men to preach the gospel. They hate a man. A Jezebel spirit will never have a man teach to her that she's intimidated by. She wants the image of God to be weak and emasculated. And the Bible says that, you know, be not deceived. 
neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, covetous, you know, and all these other things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So men better man up and start acting like men because God does not want feminine men in his kingdom. Not because God is mean and hard and callous, but God didn't make us that way. God made us to be men, to be champions for Christ. We walk in his image. We should be no less than him. If we've got the spirit of God, we should be able to tell people point blank range to the face. We should have our homes in subjection in accordance with God and be commanded to love our wives and our children as the word of God says. But men have got to man up because I'll tell you what, if they take the men off the scene, Jezebel's gonna really do what she's doing. So as men, we better get filled. We better get filled. First Peter three, look at verse one. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. You see that? So you need women of God that are in subjection to God and their husbands to teach those women that don't know anything about being in subjection to honor their wives, I mean, honor their um, husbands. This is how you deal with it. Because if you don't have this, you're gonna have these callous women. I've seen this many times. You get a young girl, meets a guy, wants to marry him, she may get married, but she still got her mother's ear wrecking that marriage. She still got that woman saying, now child, I'm telling you, these men ain't no good because I don't want it to be done to you like your father did me. So, you know, make sure you got your own bank account, be ready to leave when the time comes. Don't let him rule over you and do whatever. And what do they do? They poison that girl's mind. So when she has kids, she gets to push that Jezebel spirit also. And what wickedness. So anyway, he says, look at verse two, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. So these young women should see that these women have a reverence for their husbands, that, you know, he has the final say in the home. I mean, you know, if he wakes you up one night and says, hey, baby, let's burn down the house, then you know you're married to a nut. Of course, you're not gonna do that. But I'm saying you will be in subject to your husband if his, you know, he's giving you godly wisdom. And if he's not living right, pray about it, talk to him about it, ask the Lord to deal with it. Look at verse three. Whose adorning let it not be as outward adorning of plating of hair or wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of the meek and, and quiet spirit, uh, which is in the sight of God of great price. So what does this mean? Do you, do you think it means that a woman can't dress up and make herself look nice and beautiful and things like that. He's talking about that proud spirit where women will, you know, decorate themselves. You see it. You see when women are made up or they got their whorish apparel or whatever, they go strutting around the workplace and through the church. I'm somebody. That's that type of spirit. But he says that a wife should have a meek and quiet spirit. She, she shouldn't be argumentative to her husband. She can advise, she can tell him what's what. She can even give him what the word of God says. But the final say concerning decisions in the home should be the husband. That doesn't mean that a wife can't make suggestions. 
She can say what she feels is right. If he wants to honor that, you know, then he can honor his wife's advice. If she has an idea and it's right for them, then let's go with it, wife. You know, let's do what we need to do. That's a great idea. Praise the Lord. But she should never usurp authority outside of the order that God made. Because when you got that, you got the Jezebel spirit. So a meek and quiet spirit before God is of great price. It's a beautiful thing to see, man. Look at verse five. But after this manner in old time, the holy woman also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection to their own husbands. Those were those women that were wrapped up. A lot of the Muslims got their um, dress from the, um, the Christian women or the Hebrews, how they were dressed back in the day. But you see now, it's not even about the woman being dressed that way. We're talking about a different spirit. You've got to have the right spirit. Your nature has to be changed. Because, you know, just because a woman is dressed like that doesn't mean that a man won't look at her. If she's covered and your heart's not right, all you're going to do is look at that woman covered from head to toe and imagine what she looks like without those clothes. So you still got to be made right in Christ to have a changed nature. All right, where is that? <laughs> All right, so it says, uh, for after this man of old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being subjection to their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, and long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. Now, when you see a woman in subjection to her husband, women shouldn't be in that place of, man, I can't believe she's serving him like a dog. You know, it should be, you know, it should be something to behold that, hey, man, you know, this is what God is looking for. Verse seven, likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as of being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. So a Jezebel spirit can hinder prayers. That tells you that right there. But a man himself should honor his wife as the weaker vessel. I saw a picture one day on the internet. There was a baseball game going on. It was an old married couple. And there were no more seats in the um, bleachers. So the husband on a rainy day was sitting like this. He put one leg down and he had his leg out. So he's getting muddy in the rain. His wife is sitting on his knee and they're watching the game. That's honor to your wife as the weaker vessel. You know, to understand, hey, man, I want my wife to sit down. I don't care about my dirty knee. I don't even care about my bad hip. I just want to make sure that she is treated right. And this is how it should be. You know, that's honoring your wife as the weaker vessel. Women may get mad. They'll say things. You know, as men, women got sharp tongues. They can say some things that'll hurt. But you know what? Being a man of God, and you just ignore that. You know, she's fussing again. She's saying whatever, whatever, man. You know, that ain't no big deal. She's upset. She when she comes down, she'll come and talk to me like a regular person, and everything is cool. That's honoring your wife as the weaker vessel. But notice, he started with the woman first. Be in subjection to your husband. Because you see a lot of women raise up on men and you're going to cause a man's manhood to come out. If you're disrespecting him in the streets, yelling at him, pointing in his face, cursing him, 
I mean, like any man would probably do, he's going to buck up back and argue with you. So you don't need to have that if everyone falls in line with what God wants. This is a beautiful union that Jezebel wants to destroy, and we can't let her do it. As women, we've got to be virtuous, strong women of God and God-fearing women. And we, as men, we've got to be responsible, strong men of God that honor our wives as weaker vessels. I mean, even your daughters. You know, I remember my sister used to hit me and do things to me. I would go and tell my dad, and my sister would tell you straight up if she's listening tonight that this is the this is the total truth. My dad would say, "So what? What did it kill you? All right, she hit you. Now what do you want to do? Knock her out?" He was like, "Man, that's your sister. She hit you. So what? Be a man and deal with it." But you see, that's honoring your wife or you know the woman as the weaker vessel. And we got so much in God that we just got to give to him. So has Jezebel reached the throne? Absolutely. But she needs to be bumped off by a couple of Elijahs, a couple of John the Baptist, a couple of Jehus, a couple of men that are raised up in Jesus Christ to set things right that are out of order. So that's the teaching for tonight. I just want to tell everyone, I love you. Do you have anything? Okay, Sarah doesn't have anything tonight. So I just want to tell people, if you know you're not saved and no one knows this more than you, give your life to Jesus Christ while there is still time. If your household looks like hell and you've heard the words of God and you know that you've played a role as guilty man or woman in this situation, get it right with Christ so that your prayers won't be hindered and you may be blessed of the Lord. Believe in his death, burial, and resurrection. Believe in his shed blood that he died for your sins and that he is coming back for a church without spot or blemish. Get baptized, get into God's word. You know, ask the Lord for his spirit and enter into a relationship with God that he always intended to have for his faithful bride. So let's uh, pray out. And then from there, uh, we can close. Oh, man. Any volunteers for prayer tonight? Right. I guess they said, let Mr. Big Mouth finish it over. Let's do it. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for this time of sharing. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you, Lord, for our brothers and sisters. We thank you for those, Lord, who are dealing with things, who are going through so much. I pray, Lord, that you place your peace and your spirit upon them, Lord, that though they may be weary, you said for those who wait on you, that they would renew their strength and mount up as the wings of eagles. So I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you restore the people of God, that you make us sober, that we may know what hour we are in, that we may be built up in you. So Lord, I pray that your people not forsake their prayer closet. I pray that we take these times deadly serious because what the devil intends to do is to destroy your image. He wants to destroy your church. He wants to destroy the men of this world and the women, and he wants to destroy the minds of these children. But we know as you, as our faithful Lord, you're not going to let it happen. We know, Lord, that when we preach, we preach to your remnant. And if we are meant to be your battle axe, I pray that you sharpen us, Lord, and that you fasten us to you, that we may get a job done in you. I pray for the men, Lord, that they man up, that you meant for men to be men. Let them honor you, Lord, through subjection to you 
that they may govern their homes, that they may govern the workplace, that they may know that they are children of the Most High God, that you have given authority to be fruitful and multiply and to replenish the earth and subdue it. And I pray, Lord, that you give the women back their sobriety. I pray, Lord, that you give the women their virtue. I pray that you bring back the elegance and the meek and humble spirit of women, that they don't have to be subjected to this Jezebel spirit, for this rough, Lord, angry spirit that wants to do away with your people. I pray that you break the bands of those wicked, Lord. I pray that every band that has everyone bound in present or far away, that you snap those bands, that your people may be set free with your anointing. Pour out your anointing upon your people, Lord. Approve them and appoint them to get a job done in you. And I just pray for my brother and sister, uh, Martin and Laura, Lord. You know what they stand in need of. You know what you want to do through them. And I pray in Jesus' name that you fulfill all things that need to be done in them. I thank you, Lord, for their hearts, Lord. I thank you for their love and their fellowship. And I pray, Lord, that you build unto it to be what you want. I pray for my brother and sister, Sam and Deborah, and their marriage, Lord. I pray that you watch over them, that you use them, Lord, that you guide them, that you continue to give them everything that they need, that they may trodden the devil underfoot and honor you with their union. I pray for my sister Sarah tonight, Lord, and all that she's going through, Lord. I pray for healing upon her and her mind, her body, and her soul, Lord. I pray that you renew her. I pray that you anoint her. And I pray, Lord, that you give her a peace and the desires of her heart. And my sister Anna tonight, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you renew her, that you strengthen her, that you remove all things that may come against her, that she may grow stronger with you and obey you. I pray for brothers and sisters online, my brother Michael Adams and his health, my brother Ethan, my brother Greg in Italy, my brother Rock in Australia, my brothers and sisters, Tara, Lord, and so many that are online, brother Jake, sister Melissa, so many, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you renew them, that you strengthen them, that you guide them and you keep them, that we may bear your image. Male or female doesn't matter in this. What matters is, Lord, that we be conformed to the image of Christ. So we just pray and we ask, Lord, that all these things be done for your glory and honor. In Jesus' mighty, holy, and precious name we pray. Amen. All right. So that's going to wrap it up for tonight. I'm Minister Derek Howard of Sound the Trumpet Ministries. SoundTheTrumpetMinistries.com. Guys, do not forsake your prayer closet. This is no time to go without the Spirit of God. Stay full, be blessed, stay out of the devil's world. And until next time, have a good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.